Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We spend these 25 minutes together every week telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. We have two services at church this Sunday, one at 8.45 a.m., the other at 10.45 a.m. We also have Japanese and Korean translation available during that 10.45 a.m. service. And that's also when we have our live stream on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Let's begin today's Harvest Time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. Man, it is hard to believe that we are coming up to the end of 2022. Just a couple more weeks, and uh, right in the middle of the Christmas season, in fact, this Sunday at Harvest, we've got a special Christmas, uh, it's not a program, it's more like a music presentation. Our um, our music department, our worship team, we're, are going to uh, share several, uh, you know, just messages in song uh, accompanied by some scripture, and it's going to be a, a real Christmas celebration. And of course, we're always going to spend time in the scriptures and in the word. And so we'd love to invite you to come and join us for the two services that you just mentioned, Chris. So if you're listening and uh, feel like, boy, I should make myself uh, be a part of a Christmas service, we'd love to have you come. The following week, uh, Christmas is on a Sunday. And uh, we will have a, a Christmas service. We'll have just one service on that Sunday, the 1045, if you're kind of thinking ahead towards that. Well, uh, we've had a real special privilege here at Harvest over the last few days of having a special guest and visitor, somebody who is uh, very familiar to us here on campus. Really glad to have Pastor William Joel here again at Harvest. Welcome back, Pastor Joel. Thank you, Pastor. I am Counted the privilege to be here again. You have spent uh, well. We'll talk about this, but several um, several extended periods of time here on Guam and on staff here, and then you've been back. You know a lot. You are currently the pastor at uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Pompeii, and also I don't know what your title would be, but the the school Calvary Christian Academy is that right? Presently, I'm the senior pastor since the passing of our founder and uh, Pastor Wellitz. I, it's a very big shoe to fill, but praise the Lord, I, I was able to, by His grace, uh, fill the position of senior pastor and administrator for a while. But ever since my wife uh, took sick, I became the sitting administrator, yeah. still linked with the school. And the school's pretty large. I think I saw maybe over 300 students. Is that yes, right? Yes, we have 320, 30 students right now. Okay. Really having an impact, and, is, and the church and school have had a dramatic impact on the island and the islands around. Um, and also, we've had just such a long-standing, sweet relationship with Harvest Baptist Church and Calvary and so we can talk about that a little bit, but we're so thankful for that ministry there. You've been the senior pastor there since 1999, so for quite a while, yes. right? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. and then uh, and then a number of other things uh, before that. Let me. We'll get to that in a minute. Can I back you all the way up? And um, just because I'm interested, I know our listeners would be interested in your story. Can you grew up in Pompeii? Tell me about growing up in Pompeii. You know, a few years ago. Yes, I was. Uh I've never been away from Pompeii, 
And when my brother-in-law, who founded the Baptist Ministries in Micronesia, Pastor Samuel Wallace, after he graduated from Prairie Bible Institute in Canada, he, the Lord impressed upon his heart to come to Point Bay and start a church. Uh, little did he know that he would be a, a pioneer in starting the Baptist ministry mm. when he ran into Dr. Wingard from North Carolina. At the time, they haven't started worldwide, but he's thinking about, after reading an article about Micronesia under U.S. trusteeship, he found uh, there was an article in the Saturday Evening Post called uh, Paradise Lost. The mm. uh, U.S. was not doing their part of the, the share of the responsibility, and the islands has remained uh, like a slum for a long time. So with the U.N. threatening the U.S. to do something about the infrastructure, he read that, and uh, Dr. Wingard was impressed with the uh, the people and the souls of those islanders. So the Lord never took that from his heart, and he prayed, and then how God worked it out through providence. He met Pastor Wallace, who was uh, heading on to the island. So they got together, and to make a long story short, they started a partnership that eventually um, bring Worldwide New Testament into existence uh, through that little church on Pond Bay. And what year did Pastor Wellis go back to begin that church and pastor there? Or, or Nine, 1968. 68, He wow. went there and started witnessing to the people, and uh, then uh, many of us got saved. I got saved in 1969 in an elementary school, uh, public school. Hmm. Uh, what happened is Pastor Wellis' sponsors were American, an American family from Oregon. They went to see how their uh, student... Uh, that they sponsored. How is he doing? Mm -hmm. When they went there, they, he's already got a handful of believers meeting in his living room. And we finally outgrew that living room. But uh, the f when Dr. Wingard came, he had eight other men with him, deacons and trustees and um, future missionaries who eventually uh, were called to Micronesia. But mm. they... They started uh, the meeting, they called it the Crusade, at that Omine Elementary School, just a, a block away from where the church is now. Yeah. And the principal was very gracious to open uh, the partition, so there were two big classrooms, and every night it was packed out, hmm. people getting saved from all uh, denominations, and uh, I, I say all walks of life, because Bon Bay has a lot of ethnic groups. Mm-hmm. And so we had more people wanted to get saved than counselors. Wow. And so it was during that time that the Lord spoke to my heart. But uh, let's just back up a little bit because when the pastor's sponsors came, the wife was a CEF uh, missionary. Yes. And she was teaching Bible club in the school that I was uh, attending. I was in the eighth grade. And I heard the singing and the Lord just spoke to my heart. I'm, I'm curious. I went to listen. And as I listened to that gray-haired uh, lady, the gospel became so clear to me. Mm -hmm. Why did Jesus come? You know, I've always heard the story from my mom, and I didn't know why he did that, you know. And so when the lady presented a, a very big poster with a, a little boy standing with a Roman 
uniform, Roman soldier's uniform, and Jesus was hanging on the cross, and he was looking up and said, for me, he uh-huh. died. And that struck a note in my heart, and God began to speak to me. And by the end of that uh, Bible club, I was among those who raised my hand. Mm-hmm. I wanted to receive Jesus as my Savior. Wow. And I remember very clearly that God had done something in my heart when I trusted him. I want to tell everybody. Mm. So from then on, the Lord just burdened my heart. You were in eighth grade? I was in the eighth grade. Okay. And then I graduated from high school, and Dr. Wingard kept his uh, promise. He came back to the island with an application to Bob Jones University, Mm -hmm. and I applied that was the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So you went to, you know, went to South Carolina. Yes. For, uh, had you been off Pompeii at that time? Or is no, that the first? I always tell my story how that I got on the plane. I was scared to death. And <laughs> pretty soon the, those Americans who were with me, they said, look like the guy is freezing to death in the air condition. Oh, so yeah. So they gave me several blankets, and I was all bundled up like an Eskimo. <laughs> and then I, they said, look out the window. I looked out, and there was the island. Wow. that I was born on. It was like a piece of bacon in a frying pan. Mm. It was just flat. And then eventually, as the plane was flying away, it became smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm. And it was like a dot. I said, I can't believe that's where I grew up wow. on the small island. Yeah, wow. Yes. First time I flew, and then when we got to Hawaii, I couldn't believe I was walking on, you know, like, smooth tile. I've never seen that. Mm-hmm. And I then they took me to the, I think it was like 35th stories hotel. And then one of the missionaries just pushed me toward the glass and I looked down. <laughs> Cars were so small and I was scared to death. And they were giving me all these uh, experiences. And uh, anyway, they took me to the States and I've never seen snow never been in cold weather like that. I I was like a fish out of the water, literally. Really? Yeah. So the Lord just directed my steps, and five pastors in North Carolina took me under their wings, and they provided me clothes and just get me acclimated and uh, get used to the American way of life. I was asking, what? why are the cars racing? <laughs> he said, that's the way they drive really fast, I said. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be in that car. <laughs> the American way of life was just brand new to me. Yeah. And <clears throat> did you know anybody at that time that had been in the states, or just those, uh, just a few, just the missionaries? But when Pastor Wallace, you was on that trip to take me to college. Okay. And uh, Mrs. Wingard was waiting to see two men with bones in their nose and uh. scratch skirt. Yeah. But when we came out, we have jackets and neckties, and where are those, na- where are those natives? <laughs> and Pastor Wingard introduced us. He said, oh, I thought they were, you know, yeah, uncivilized or something like that. But yeah. So uh, you you did your education there in South Carolina, and then felt like God was calling you back to the islands, right? You were you were still single, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it was very. Uh, Lonely, you know, I, I was, I felt like I was the only one. And that was true. I was the first Micronesian in that school, Bob Jones University. Mm-hmm. But the school made me feel like I'm uh, special because I'm a foreign student and they have special program for 
foreign students, and I I asked those Canadians, "Your skin is white. Why are you foreign?" <laughs> <laughs> and they said, "Yeah, we're foreign in the U.S." But I got to meet a lot of uh, international students, so after a while, I felt like I'm part of, you know, a family, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes uh, my college years easier. Yeah, and I was not thinking about home, and then the missionaries who were called from that initially from that trip, they came down and took me to their churches and had me speak or sing in my language to the people and speak my language, first quote the verses in the Bible in my language, and they said, "Wow, they never heard mm. Panape language, you yeah. know, especially the Bible," and uh, so the Lord. Uh, gave me opportunities to mm. advertise the islands to the Americans. Yeah. And th- and then afterwards, and you came back, but you didn't go back to Pompeii. You really, did you sense that God was calling you to sort of mission it all across Micronesia? Or you came back and did a couple different things. Maybe you could fill us in on that journey. Actually, when the group from North Carolina went, every day they were out passing out tracks, and I was their interpreter. Okay. At the time, I graduated from high school, so they taught English in our uh, school system. So I was translating them to those people on the street, and I, I began to see how that people would hear the gospel for the first time, and and they get convicted, and right there on on the on the street at the gas station, they bow their heads and pray, and I said, "Wow, I like to do, to be part of that." So I told Pastor Wingard, why don't we cross the lagoon on a canoe? Because I know this man, they call him a hermit. He's from New Guinea, but he married an islander, so he was living all by himself after his wife died. And I, I don't know why the Lord spoke to my heart, that, heart about that. So we went there, and uh, there was a man who chased us with a machete. Mm. But uh, they said nobody had visited that man because, you know, the people of New Guinea, they eat you know, others, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're cannibals. Mm-hmm. But that man was a very nice man. And when I introduced my tall, f- six-foot-eight American oh, wow. pastor, Dr. Wengard, we got into his little uh, lean-to uh, tin roof hut, and we began to talk to him. And he, he had tears running down his eyes. Nobody ever told him that God loves him and God sent his son to die for him. Mm. And that man was really touched. And as I translated, the man said, you know, if there is a God, I like that kind of God, and I like to receive his son as my Savior. Mm. And so he prayed a sinner's prayer. And from there on, the Lord put a fire in my heart. I want to be a missionary. I want to go and spread the gospel. Mm. So the Lord answered my prayer. (laughs) Yeah, he did. And... Uh, Pastor Joel, God has used you all across the islands you yes, know, in, in these years. Um, <clears throat> you, spent, uh, you spent some time in, in Majuro, yes, in sir. Yap. Mm-hmm. Um, Kosrai. Kosrai, okay. And each of those places, what were you doing there? And well, most of those um, missionary, first missionaries who came to those islands, uh, Baptist missionaries, they know Pastor Wallace very well, so they asked me, do you have a a person that we can uh, help us, uh, you know, start the ministry. So it was like a pioneer tab ministry as I helped these Americans in these different islands uh, 
planted the churches. Yeah. And I thank God for the opportunity to meet other Micronesians. Otherwise, I would not have been able to go, but they sent me as a representative of, of Calvary Baptist Church, and I was uh, short-term, actually. Each place I spent five years, but Kosrai, um, one year because my my wife had a miscarriage. Mm. So we were there one year, but through that uh, ministry, uh, Malin Baptist Church, which eventually became Calvary Baptist Church of Kosrai, mm. was established. And uh, then we moved to Yap when the missionary there was calling for somebody to come over and help. Mm-hmm. When I went to Yap, we started the Yap Baptist Mission right next to the hospital. And people from the outer islands who are low caste, they would come and we'd invite them to the house and give them uh, refreshment and witness to them. Mm-hmm. So we were right there at a, a busy place where people from uh, different islands would come and on Yap, uh, you know, their culture is very strict, and yeah. but they, they're open open to the gospel mm-hmm. when we told them that God, you know, is not a uh, respecter of person. In Yap, you know, there are high caste, middle caste, and low caste. Mm-hmm. But they have, uh, they saw that our ministry for everybody. So we were able to witness to people from the different caste system. Yeah, yeah. You spent a couple different seasons uh, here on Guam. Yes, sir. Uh, one, were both of them with Harvest? I know you were working with UOG students for a right. while. And God really blessed that ministry, right? Yes. Actually, there were three of us missionaries, uh, the two from uh, the U.S. and myself, my family. We have started our ministry in Mangilao, but then the Lord opened the door and we rented a big building in Afame, uh, Sinahanya. Mm. Uh, police cap- retired police captain, Mr. Reyes, allowed us to use that building uh, for a minimum rental as long as we keep the yard clean and all that. So we had these Micronesian students come by, and then we, we invited them, and they invited more. So eventually our ministry started to focus on almost like a campus ministry. Right. We reach out to the GCC, Guam Community College, and University of Guam, and then we packed out that building. Mm -hmm. There were like 200 uh, Micronesians coming, and they brought their friends and families. You know, they have the extended family. Once you are in Guam, you reach out to your family to come to Guam, and so they have their families, the student families, and the Lord just prospered that ministry. And we thank God for the outreach. Yeah, it, it was really amazing. You were telling me we were talking about this earlier. I was so blessed by that. We have we have a burden for the students, and actually that whole age bracket from you know out of high school through um, you know through young professionals. In general, on Guam, you know, there's a, a lack of can be a lack of motivation and people just searching during that season of life. Mm-hmm. And, um, we're burdened that we could be more effective in ministry on the campuses and uh, you know across the island. So I was so encouraged to hear what God had done at that time. Our prayers that God would do that again. Yeah, I thank God for Harvest because even uh, as soon as we started that ministry, uh, the pastor of Harvest at that time was Pastor Lewis. Yeah, he uh, told us if we could partner together because at that time they were having a puppet ministry yeah. in the village, and he said. 
if you could bring your singers, because Micronesians just love to sing. I do, yeah. You know, a cappella. So we brought our uh, choir and every village in Guam that we went to, uh, before we start the you know, puppet program, before they started, they would ask us to sing a couple numbers, and we'd sing our uh, songs, and it attracted the people from the nearby. Mm-hmm. So the puppet ministry became a very big thing at that time, and Barvest realized that we were uh, uh, starting out and we need chairs and benches, so they really became a mentor and a... Praise the Lord. Yeah, uh, a big help to our ministry, and we thank God for Harvest and, and their people. Yeah. You came back later um, after a few years, and were actually part of the staff here with yes, HBBI, yes. right? And I was in the Marshall the Islands when uh, Pastor Lewis went there to recruit students. Yeah. And then he found out about my situation that I've been there for a while, and I wanted to— uh, he saw that my children were homeschooled by my wife, three children— and he said, you know, I, I'm looking for somebody to help us start the Bible Institute. We've already started, but we need a Micronesians who've been to Bible college. And uh, the Lord put you on my heart. Mm-hmm. I've been praying. And I said, you know, I've been praying for, you know, somebody to come and take over. And at the time, Arvis had just graduated the first batch of Micronesian. <laughs> yeah. Having to be Helmer Lang, Helmer Lang yeah. going back to Marshall. And it was just God's timing. He said he wanted to come. He had visited. He wanted to come and work with Majuro Baptist Church, where I was uh, serving. And the Lord answered my prayer, and I took my family. Uh, Pastor Lewis paid for our tickets and said, as of now, you're going to be a house father and, and a teacher and a helper at our Bible Institute. And I brought my family, and my wife was working with Brother Shuck in the library. Mm. And our kids were in school, and uh, they were in a real school, yeah. and my little daughter, let me say, uh, shared this. She was in kindergarten, and, and she came home kind of downhearted. I said, you like school? I like school. But they don't know how to sing. <laughs> they sing, uh, praise him, praise him, but it's really, nebare, 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 chipong, chipong. That's Marshallese. Uh-huh. She said, that's the way to sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> so She maybe know, had to teach them a little bit. Yes, <laughs> but they you know, fit into the school and and started to uh, learn in a real school. Yeah. Thank God for that. Um, I know that your uh, wife of many years had been had been sick. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Joelle was sick for a while and it affected some things in her ministry, and then she just recently passed away, and we're so sorry about that. Mm. It's been a new season for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. In fact, when she she had diabetes and eventually had three strokes, and we had to take her to the hospital because she became incapacitated. She was on a wheelchair for a long time, so my daughter and I became the caretaker, caregiver for her, and uh, the Lord allowed us to get a car with a swivel chair that she could get off from her wheelchair and go to church, and she was in church, even during the time she was paralyzed, mm-hmm. she wanted to be in church mm-hmm. all that time. But yeah. whenever I go on deputation, being a missionary with Worldwide New Testament Baptist Mission in North Carolina, uh, I've had to go to the States to visit my churches. And even here in Guam, she was always by my side, 
you know, we met in high school and we were the same age. So she passed away at the age of 70. Mm. And uh, <clears throat> every time, whenever I had the heart issue, I would go to the Philippines, she would accompany me. Mm-hmm. But this time, she was not with me and it's different, you know. But my daughter, who just gave birth to her fourth child, wanted to be with me. And so she came after my first week in the Philippines and uh, finished out three weeks with my heart checkup. And I never forget the times that my wife was with me. And those were great times. Yeah. After losing, you know, someone we've loved for all those years, I I know. is it okay if I ask you about grief? You know, you're a pastor for all these years. You've talked with many, many people who have lost loved ones. To you know, I'm, I try to hide my emotions. You know, I, I, I don't know. I grew up where men don't cry, you know. Mm-hmm. They said men are, I think, you know, they had this mentality that we're, the, you know, untouchable. You know, we could never be emotional, but the first night that my wife, first Sunday night that my wife passed away, I stood up and, uh, you know, I was singing with the choir as a pastor. I mm-hmm. never missed the choir. So they have translated this song about, you know, leaving this world and going to heaven, uh, walking on the streets of gold. But the part about leaving and our loved ones, it just really choked me up. I, yeah. I had to stop and uh, contain my emotion, but they just kept singing, and I eventually joined in, but I have never had this uh, feeling of loneliness and mm. homesickness, and I want to be with her, and, mm. you know, it, it never goes away. Mm-hmm. Every time I think about her, I, I missed, missed her yeah. terribly. Yeah. We've been praying for you. We were praying for Mrs. Joel, you know, all all those years as she battled that that sickness. And um, been praying for you as you walk this journey. I do understand um, the loneliness. And um, we're thankful, Pastor Joel, for your testimony of faithfulness to your wife, taking care of her um, in such a, you know, in such a clear way. And um, I know God's been glorified through that. Thank you for even being willing to, willing to share about the grief because I know— a lot of people deal with that, and uh, to watch a pastor go through it is encouraging to know that even pastors feel that same loss. Yes, even the week before she passed away, uh, <clears throat> we were trying to do our best, and you know we're kind of ignorant about c- taking care of, you know, in that condition. She had bed sores that were so deep that, you know, it just unbelievable that she could endure mm. but while she was in the hospital we have people around were moaning and groaning but she was just very quiet to the time that she passed mm. she was uh, I'm I'm sure she had all this pain and, but the Lord gave her dying grace mm. I would say that yeah it's good well she's a, a woman of God whose impact across this whole region you know, mirrors yours, you guys together, and God's used you so powerfully. And uh, we're thankful to 
to be prayer partners with you and a little part of your journey. And so thankful for you to be able to be here during this time. And I know maybe just a quick report, because you did go to the PI for some health uh, things. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I know people want to pray for you. Well, you know, when I went, the doctors in Pond Bay recommended that they uh, go through the, you know, not only check up, but if they could do the another surgery, then... Uh, would I be willing to undergo that? I said, well, the, doctors knows, the doctor knows best, so they've been trained for this, so I'm going to let them do their work and trust God for the rest. So yeah. the uh, night, they told me Saturday I would be having another pie bass. And uh, so the night, uh, Friday night, one of the doctors came up even before I went to sleep. He said, we had a consultation on all the doctors got together, the surgeons, and ever having reviewed your x-rays, we found that only one uh, artery was not blocked but narrowed, and it does not call for surgery. So mm. you're not going to have a bypass, wow. but we're going to give you um, your medicine, and that will help out. So I was elated. I, was <laughs> <laughs> I thank God that I didn't have to go through that surgery. Yeah. Yeah, and we're thankful for that too. And prayer that the medicine will be effective yes. and that God would give you many, many more years of, of faithful and effective service. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. We'll keep praying. Let us know. Yes, sir. I how will. that's going. And again, I'm so glad we've got some time for you to be here, hopefully just to be able to rest yes, um sir. a little bit. I know you have family and I thank God for harvest every time I stopped here. It's like an oasis because Praise the Lord. The apartment is just outstanding, and the services that Harvest offered to missionaries are matchless. I've, mm. I've been to the States and many churches, but this excels them all. Thank God. Praise the Lord for that. And that's uh, God has allowed the, uh, our church to be an oasis for a lot of people. You know, uh, missionaries, pastors in this area, it can be challenging. Yes. And uh, to be able to come to Guam and feel like physically, emotionally, and we hope spiritually this is a place where there's yes. encouragement and hope and people care. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad that you felt that. And, and we're honored to have you here. Thank you for your thank you, Pastor. faithful testimony over these years. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, we want to take this opportunity again at the end of the program to invite you to services at Harvest Baptist Church. We have an 8.45 a.m. service and a 10.45 a.m. service this Sunday, and we hope you can visit us at one of those, either of those. We have our 8.45 a.m. service and 10.45 a.m. service, but the 10.45 a.m. service is the one that we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.